And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Ah, uh, yes. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. It is uh, November 4th, 7.21 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am here, your host, Mr. Darren Starr, my co-host, Mr. Tasman. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Speak up for the crowd. Any, anything? Any words of wisdom? No? Okay. Well, yeah, he has, a, he has a dog a few words this morning, I guess. We did go on a walk, and then we uh, played around. We played tug-of-war with your favorite toy, which is Bunny, right? Yeah. All right. Well, he's such a good boy. He's such a good boy. Um, how are you? Are you good boys, girls, etc.? You know, it's getting close to that point now. We are after Halloween, so I know, based on Instagram, a lot of you psychopaths are putting up your Christmas decorations already, so it's time to start thinking about those naughty and nice lists. I'm thinking by Friday... Um, Friday might be a good time to have the conversation on holiday eating, which always comes around at this time, and it's one of those conversations I have, you know, in, in the, the weeks leading up to, to Thanksgiving and Christmas, I have it dozens of times, and I figured, you know what, let's just do a preemptive podcast on it and, and talk about it. And the, the moral of the story, the big picture takeaway from it as a kind of a preview spoiler is that uh, it's okay. You know what, have a damn cheat meal. You're not likely in prep for anything. If you're cutting, you know what? One single meal isn't going to destroy that. And uh, the problem is when you take like Thanksgiving or Christmas and you turn it into the month of November or the month of December or both, holiday parties, etc. All that crap is the problem. All the stuff that's laying around the house throughout the whole season, that's the problem. Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, those are not the problem. So by all means, indulge Anybody that I work with, with very few circumstances, is totally free and clear, authorized to partake in the festivities for sure. So, and uh, if that is not you, chances are you already know it because, you know, you uh, (laughs) uh, made the perhaps misguided decision to do a December show, which means, yeah, you're going to be in the home stretch through Thanksgiving. No Thanksgiving for you. So, so sorry. But that is why there are not a lot of shows in December, um, because they know nobody wants to be prepping through the holidays. And it's why there are very, very few shows in January and February also. Nobody wants to be in their prep through Christmas. So um, anyway, we'll talk about that more next week, uh, later, probably Friday, I'm thinking, probably Friday. Um, The other thing would be also, I'm going to put out the call right now. So I had a recommendation or a suggestion um, from a client. Uh, Thank you, Julia, for this. Um, just throwing out ideas like, hey, any, any ideas for, for topics for the uh, podcast? And she responded back, I think due to a recent story that she had had at the time, how not to be an asshole in the gym. And so I'll put this out on Instagram shortly as well. You can respond there through my story at Darren underscore star. Uh, how, how would you be an asshole in the gym? What are some characteristics of a gym asshole? So I, I look forward to your feedback there and we'll, uh, we'll go over that in depth on Friday. I wanted to do a quick rundown of the weekend that was. It was a busy competing weekend, so um, a few uh, a few things um, happened here. So I had three people competing. I had Patrick doing his first show in Pittsburgh. It was, I think, it was the OCB Steel City. Um, it's it kind of funny. I mean, he, he uh, I'm going to be posting his uh, his transformation photos here in just a little bit, and it, it's pretty ridiculous to look at where he started and how far he came. Um, he he won novice. There was one guy in novice. Um, so 
uh, I would have been really disappointed if he did not, did not take first. Um, and he took sixth in his open class out of six. And I was really a little miffed by that. I'm like, I don't know. Now, also, all I've seen were his photos. I didn't see the photos of the rest of the class. I know what a typical OCB men's physique class looks like, and this one must have been really strong because, I mean, he, he absolutely looked the part. Maybe it was close. Maybe it was a toss-up. I don't know. I haven't seen the full photos yet. That's the only downside of being an online coach is I'm at the mercy of each individual person that I work with or, more appropriately, the family and friends of that person. Uh, to, to get me some some photos so that I can really break things down and some good quality video. So um, I, I, I'm going to be looking for that. But um, Patrick already knows that he wants to make the jump to classic physique. So we're, we've already started working on that. I think today marks the first day of that journey. So um, And then uh, Megan down in Florida did her third show, got some hardware this time. She was doing figure, came in fifth out of ten in a figure class, which is great. It's a big improvement from where she's been before. I like that. Um, and then Nichelle in Massachusetts doing her first WNBF show got a big old fat did not place in bikini, which w- we were both really, really super miffed by and continue to be miffed. Like after prejudging, we were both thinking like second or third, more than likely based on what we were seeing there. And turns out not top five, um, which uh, I'm kind of floored by. I'm not in a position, though, where I want to complain about judging. You know, It is what it is. And as we talked about on Friday, if you can't accept that, then this isn't for you. So just accept that, you know, as my favorite saying goes, some days you are the bird and some days you are the statue. And uh, on Saturday, Michelle, Michelle was a statue. So <laughs> figuratively speaking. So, um it's disappointing. All we can do is make some plans and go forward. Thinking about possibly doing another show this season, possibly calling it quits for the season and coming back in May. A lot of possibilities. Um, nothing is set in stone at this point. I'm going to give her a little bit of time to sit and chew on it, and then we'll uh, we'll come back and figure out what to do next. So, um, for me, um, outside of that, so I was on my phone texting people, et cetera, all day Saturday, but. Beyond that, um, I was doing that while I was doing a lot of music work here at home, and then I spent a lot of the day on Sunday doing that as well. So that was really what I was working on. I mentioned on Friday this uh, commitment to do an album, and so I'm in full-on songwriting mode and arranging and demo recording mode, um, which is really fun. And this weekend, I was just in the zone, and so I worked through about four or five songs, I think, pretty much start to finish. Uh, I hesitate to say entirely start to finish simply because a lot of these ideas are ones that have been with me for 20 years, Um, but they've just never been fleshed out into something that I really felt was done. And now um, two of those that I I tackled this weekend, two, two or three, two, um, were ones where I'm like, yeah, okay, they're done. And here's a big teaser right here. Later on, I'm going to play you some snippets of some demos. So you can hear um, just how terrible of a drummer I am. And I know that everybody's dying to hear that. So uh, stay tuned. We'll play that in a little bit here. Um, And then I also wanted to give a quick update on what my wife is working on right now. So we just had the one year anniversary of um, the passing of her mother uh, on Halloween. Uh, And so it was a tough week all around for sure. As we, you know, we're, we're always reminded of that, but this week, especially. Uh, And, one of the things that she was working on just before she passed was because she was a, a she was a history teacher, and so she had written this I don't want I don't know what it is essay profile something like that of this woman named Victoria Woodhull, and 
if you aren't familiar with her, it is worth looking up because there's been a lot written about her, but there hasn't been like a definitive piece of work about her to my knowledge. Um, but she, and I don't, I don't know the exact story. My wife is much deeper into the weeds on this than I am. And she spent the whole weekend looking at pictures and putting together a, a, a PowerPoint presentation for uh, something that she's doing today, actually. So uh, Victoria Woodhull is somebody who has associations with the Vanderbilt family. This is somebody from the mid-1800s uh, who is a, a woman of some renown. Um, and if you really read into her and start to get into get get some information on her you, you come to find out that she is a woman of uh some stature and some influence um and no small amount of reputation one of those people where if she is backing you you kind of think like oh god uh, i'm not sure i really want her support like that kind of a figure um one quote about her was something, and I'm paraphrasing her, was that she was um, infamous for the courage of her opinions. <laughs> not, not her convictions, but her opinions. Uh, she ran for president twice. Um, one time, she, uh, the first time, I believe, she put Frederick Douglass on the ticket as her running mate without his knowledge or consent. And the second time, she ran for president of the United States while living in England. Um, so this gives you a little bit of insight into what a character she was and just how crazy she was. I mean, she was, uh, I, I think you could safely say that she was somebody who was made, made a career out of stirring up shit is what she did. Um, and so, uh, my, my wife's mom had written this, uh, written up this, this thing and sent it off to, uh, just, you know, kind of like a, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? Um, to an author who wrote like the definitive book on the Vanderbilts and she got a response back from him saying like, wow, this is amazing. You should just publish this right now. I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't edit anything. This is fit for public consumption right now. And then it was two weeks after that, after receiving that letter that she passed. So what my wife has done is taken that, um, uh, piece of writing that her mom did and adapted it into kind of like a table reading script. So what she's doing today, today is an in-service day at her school. And so she has um, got some colleagues together and they are giving a presentation. It's an in-service day where there are various things that you can sign up for. Like any, anyone on the faculty is invited to give a lecture, presentation, a, a discussion topic on anything that they choose. And so she signed up to do this. And so she's got a, a crowd of people that are coming to... Um, watch this table reading of this script so she's you know written it up kind of almost like a play with a narrator um and then she has this slideshow that will be running behind it this is also kind of a, a trial run she's looking to develop this into a, a short podcast series as well so if that happens i'll let you know and it'll be worth checking out for sure but uh nonetheless it was uh, a <laughs> very interesting i was kind of proofreading her scripts last night just for for edits and um, going over that and be like man this is this is a crazy crazy individual right here kind of wild so um that that's happening today the uh, the um, reading that she's doing is today so be curious to hear her recap on that when she gets home um, I wanted to, to start the the formal business of the day with uh, a funny story from the weekend so uh, I, I say funny and kind of sad at the same time so just spoiler alert um, this is going to get kind of gossipy and I'm going to name names. I'm not going to hold anything back. Um, because frankly, uh, uh, I mean, it's funny, but I'm also a little pissed. 
I'm a little pissed. So I'm going to get let everybody get deep into the weeds here on this with me. So, because um, you know what? You know me, I'm a big believer in calling out some bullshit when I see it. And this is some bullshit that directly impacts me, and I'm not going to pull any punches. So um, I got a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a random text um, on, I think this is on Saturday. Let me just scroll up here. There we go. Um, this was at uh, 4.46 p.m. on Saturday. Um, I'll remove the names for now, but uh, it, it basically said, Hey, blank, it's blank. Not sure if this is your number. I got it off plans. And so immediately I'm like, what? First of all, that is not my name. I don't know who this person is. Uh, why did they get my phone number? My initial reaction was somebody mistyped the number or whatever. Well, of course, as you can kind of guess, just based on the fact that I'm pissed, no, that's not the case. Um, somebody is circulating my plans uh, out there uh, in clear violation of... Uh, the confidentiality agreement that I have uh, clients sign, which works both ways. It means that, uh, you know, I am, uh, I'm not going to divulge your information and also the plans that I send you are for you and they are not to be reused. Now I did have an issue with, um, a client a few years back, uh, who was, was while, while we were clients, like he was working on his online training business as well. And he made the idiotic mistake of posting like a, an example of his offerings on his Instagram page. And I'm like, dude, that looks almost exactly like mine. Like you need to make your own original work, buddy. That's all there is to it. And he didn't last much longer than that. I think he was probably just fishing for ideas more than anything else. I think as far as hiring me as a coach. So, and he got some for sure. Uh, imitation is a sincerest form of flattery and eh, not so much, you know, do your own fucking original work. That's all there is to it. So now where he had a leg up <clears throat> was that, you know, his stuff, like he had repurposed it in some way. Um, like tried to make it look like his own, just didn't try very hard. Like all the formatting was just like mine. Um, I think he had gone the mile of actually creating a new spreadsheet and then just like copy and pasting a whole bunch of elements in there, not even changing colors or anything like that. So it was like, dude, come on, lame, lame. Now where this person went astray, this is also a former client who I worked together for. Let, let me, let me, hold on. Let me figure out what the, uh, what the, time period was here and also the uh the duration because it wasn't a short time um okay so i've got what it's hard to say for sure just because i mean it goes back what this is from hold on let's sort by date here so from june 2017 through October of 2018, last year. But before that, that was our second time working together. Before that, it was, uh, what? What is this here? Oh, man. July of 2014 through January of 2015. So uh, a grand total of what? About, about two years or so, I think, all told. Um, this was about six months, then a year and a half. Did a few shows during that time. And, uh, you know, she, she was, you know, a, a good client. <clears throat> now, I, one thing I will not uh, divulge here is, 
um, what happened towards the end, um, or, or I will say what happened. Basically, um, she was about four weeks out from a show, um, a, a national show, and just stopped responding to check-ins completely. Um, I, I, I know why. I won't get into the why. Um, but just completely ghosted me, and that was it. So, like, okay, whatever. Uh, I was pissed. And she ended up doing really well at that show, actually. So, um, now, now, uh, she has got some kind of coaching business going on now and uh, is recirculating my plans without any modification. Like, I- I'm looking at it because this person, once I, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, this is what I'm looking at here. I'm like, yep, that is my plan. That is my logo up at the top. That is my name and my phone number down in the footer below. It's like, this is not not making any attempt to pass this off as original work. And what happens is when you take an Excel spreadsheet, if you have your view set up a certain way on the computer side of things, you don't see the header and footer. So you don't see the fact that, yes, there's a logo. There's my name, email address, and phone number down in the footer. But when you send it to somebody and they print it off, this is what they see. They see the whole thing. Um, so it's almost like a, a watermark of sorts. <laughs> uh, and uh, so the, the meal plan shows up. I'm like, yep, this is exactly what my meal plans look like. Um, yep. Yeah, this is. Um, they, they did uh, add their name down at the bottom of this, um, which is kind of kind of hilarious. Uh, but it's exactly the same. This is exactly a meal plan that I've written before. Um, supplementation. uh pre and post workout stuff is all written exactly the way that I do it. Uh, and so I tell this person, I'm like, yeah, this is just my stuff. It's been ripped off, um, completely. And so she's like, well, you know what? I mean, she hasn't changed any of my stuff in forever. Like uh, it's been two months and the workouts haven't changed at all. And she's like, the diet hasn't changed. And I kind of get that just because, you know, it might not need to, but this is what it looks like. I mean, yeah, she didn't even write that. So, um, this is really, really completely lame. Um, and so it, uh, yeah, here it is. Here's the, the workout list with my guidelines written up at the top. The workouts formatted exactly as I used to format them a few years back before I started doing PDFs um, that look a lot fancier than this. Um, with my notes written in as far as how to do things, my phone number and my email address down there in the footer. Yep. I mean, it's just absolutely blatant. And the funny thing was here, um, where was this? Uh, oh, so... She then responds to this person and says, like, hey, uh, what's up? <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, you know, there, there was a phone number that was at the bottom of the page, so I thought it was your cell and texted it. And they respond back, weird, I can't see that on my computer screen. Oh, well, LOL. Um, <clears throat> and then they said, I'll take a better shot and send it through so you can see it. And then they, they attach a, a screenshot here showing exactly what it says. Like, yep, there's my number, et cetera. And uh, the response back was, yeah, I don't know, LOL, I have no idea why that's there. First of all, yes, you fucking do, you cheap piece of shit. Now, this is, is why, you know, if you, if you look at my website and um, the graphic for the day, this is uh, supposed to be, I don't intend for this to just be salacious and venting. That is kind of the nature of what it is, though. Uh, but this is a conversation about integrity. As a human being... As a professional and as a business owner, you simply don't steal and repurpose other people's shit and try to pass it off as your own badly because you're leaving all of the original author's contact information 
right there in full view. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it isn't in full view. And this is the kind of shit that comes back and bites you in the ass when you're a fucking idiot. And I'm just, uh, I'm so annoyed by this. And I'm not even really annoyed that it's my stuff that's getting ripped off. Okay, a little bit, yes. I am more annoyed that somebody is out there passing shit off that they didn't write as their own and then calling themselves a coach. You know what? You want to call yourself a coach? I have a novel idea. Why don't you fucking act like it and do some work, create some original stuff, and actually do what you tell your clients you're going to do? Oh my God, mind blown. Really? Yeah. And once again, I'm of two minds of this. So first of all, when there are people like this out there in the coaching industry, it makes it really easy for me to stand out above the crowd. By the same token, now this person is going to naturally, I mean, by, by that I mean the, the client in this relationship here, is going to naturally have a distrust of anyone. Now, not, not so much for me because we, we kind of hit it off and I was like, look, I don't know what to tell you, but here, <laughs> this is me. This is who I am. And so if, if you want to you know, get a different perspective on stuff, talk to me. And so uh, not now, but I think down the road, we probably will. Um, so that, that's the thing. When you, when you are honest with people and you, you say something, but you can also back up like, yeah, this is my stuff. Here's the proof. <laughs> this is, you know, obviously it's my contact information in there. So there wasn't a whole lot of proof needed. Uh, but if you're honest with people, you treat them with respect. You do honest work for them. Uh, you communicate well. You explain things like, yeah, I, I've been in a lot of situations where I don't change somebody's diet for a couple of months. Whenever that happens, I explain why. Uh, you know, I don't want to leave people in the dark because then they just start doubting things. And usually, um, if I don't change things, it's because we're on a freaking roll and we don't need to change things. Um, and in that case, you'll know it. And I don't have to convince you of that. Be like, yeah, hands off the wheel here. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. This is great. Look at all this stuff, this body of evidence that we have that shows us that everything's happening. That's exactly what we need. Cool. Easy peasy. Or, hey, I'm going to change stuff and this is why. And sometimes people will think, oh, well, you know what? I don't really, I, I feel like things are going well. Why do you want to change that? You know, am I not working hard enough? And you're like, no, 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 no. Here, no, this, is, this is what I'm thinking. So having those kind of conversations with people, but also just doing the work. You know, I mean, I, I kind of, I find it kind of funny because this is something where I, I always thought like this would be, um, I was I got into this because I thought it was something that I would enjoy doing and something that I would do well and both of those things are true. I did not get into this thinking, man, you know what I really want to do? I want to work harder than I've ever worked before in my life. Um but it's kind of funny because that's exactly where I am and I'm not complaining. I feel very fortunate to be in a position where I'm as busy as I want to be. Um which is great. Like I had a, I was having a conversation with myself over the weekend like Man, at what point do I drop the podcast because I don't have time for it? I'm like, nah, I can't really do that. I can't really do that. We've been going now. This is episode 150. 150. Also, um, the number of F-bombs I will be dropping in this podcast, apparently. I wasn't planning on it that way, but I think that's about how it's going to work out here. So anyway, uh, you, you've got to enjoy doing the work and you've got to be willing to work as hard as your clients need you to work for them as well. One thing I, I, I told this person in our, our text communications over the weekend was uh, it, I always want my, my clients to feel like I'm working as hard for them as they are 
not necessarily for me because they're not doing it for me. They're doing it for themselves. But for the amount of work that they're putting in, I want to feel that that is matched by me. Um, both in, you know, the, the work that I put in for myself, like, yes, I am not being lazy about this. I'm doing the same thing you are, but also in the effort I put into their planning and communicating with them and being timely and giving quality feedback, giving thorough feedback, um, and creating original work. You know, I mean, the, the thought of, you know, I, full disclosure, I've purchased a lot of workout plans online from other people. Like, you know, somebody's like, oh, I've got an ebook of workout plans or like, hey, how to improve your pull-up game. I've got a, a 10-page ebook on that. I buy that crap all the time to look at it. Never once has it occurred to me to like, oh man, I'm just going to use, I'm just going to send off this PDF as my new set of workouts. You know, I'll edit out the first handful of pages where it's them talking about themselves. I'm just going to, you know, screen, screenshot the actual workouts. I'm going to pass that off as my own. That's never even occurred to me to do that. I don't even take what I see there and repurpose it and like, oh, okay, well, this is a good idea. I'm going to steal this. I mean, yeah, I might be like, that is an exercise I haven't thought of in a long time. I'm going to start incorporating that into some of my plans. That is great. I'm not sure how that's been out of mind for so long, but I need to start bringing that back. That is a good one. So let me do my own video for it. Let me, let me practice it for a little while, get really reacquainted with the ins and outs of it, make sure that I feel qualified to teach it to other people. And then let me do my own video on it. Let me start writing it into the workouts that I'm writing myself. Um, I mean, it's just basic stuff. It really is basic stuff. So um, my, my message out there for Thea Schuler or Thea Doer, I'm not sure if she's going by her, her maiden name or her married name, is get off your ass and do some work. You're better than this. You're better than this. And it is also um, proof positive, not like we needed any, <clears throat> that being an IFBB pro does not mean that you automatically know what you're doing or that you have any amount of personal integrity. Now, you can earn both of those things. Like, you can absolutely take this. I'm talking to you, Thea, right now. I know you're not going to hear this, but I'm talking to you anyway. And, and I think it's just a good lesson for anybody else. You can take this moment and own it and realize that you screwed up and acknowledge that with the people that you're working with, take the hit for it, and then change what you're doing. Or you can continue to go the, I don't know, LOL route and shrug it off and just continue going down the same path. This is one of those things where there is a right answer and there is a wrong answer. And I want you to suck it up and do the right thing and stop sending out my shit. And by the way, I will be emailing you directly about this as well. But I just had to get it off my chest here. So, whew, all right, there we go. So, whew, I need to calm down. <laughs> I got, got all worked up there. Man, uh, <clears throat> I, I won't lie. I had some reservations about going, going into the weeds on that and, and just airing out my dirty laundry here. But I figure if nothing else... It's, it's probably a little entertaining, at least. Having done it now, this is the kind of thing where often, and I've done this before, where I've recorded a segment, and then I've gone back and be like, you know, let, let's redo that, or let me record that. No, I'm committing to it. Like, I, I take nothing back there. I'm pissed. You fucked up. And now, here it is. The, the result of you fucking up is uh, your dirty laundry gets aired out here. So, there you go. Let that be a lesson. Hopefully, it's one that's learned. So now, I do have a, uh, a voicemail, so let's switch gears and go into that. I have no idea what this is, but uh, surely it'll be a step in the right direction, I think, as far as the temperament of this episode goes. Hey, Darren. This is Tasha down in Texas, and I had a question about deloading. 
Um, it seems to be a hot word, and I was curious if you could explain what it is, um, what all it entails, and if you uh, use it in any of your training regimens, either for yourself or for your clients. And um, also, uh, are you supposed to have your macros or your food smaller than, say, you would during, say, your training weeks? Because from what I can tell from the word itself, meaning that you're just kind of cutting back, if you will. I'd assume this is also something that you do during a growth phase rather than during, say, uh, prep. Um, and then a totally different question I had is, have you ever heard of a 25-week prep? Um, to me, that seems really long because that's nearly six months. Yeah, just have you ever heard of it? Have you ever had a client go through that for a contest prep or, or anything like that? Thanks for everything. Ugh, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit thinking about a 25-week prep. So just to be clear, half a year is 26 weeks. Yeah, let that sink in. You want to be prepping for a show for half a year? So, um, is it, um, possible? Yes. Is it a good idea? Almost never. Um, I'd say, I don't know, one out of 500 people is probably a good candidate for a 25 week prep. Um, that comes down to necessity. Like, do you need a 25 week rep prep? Probably not. Um, and then also feasibility and viability. You know, can you, this is the big question also, can you hang in there for 25 weeks? Can you stick with it for 25 weeks? And if you do, how hard are you going to rebound and binge after that? That That's the biggest concern. And also the the necessity. I would say if you need a 25-week prep, chances are you're just too fat. Um, you, you need you need time to, to lean out a little bit before you jump into prep and put, put a phase between those two things. So um, I, I remember when, when I had my cut last week, uh, last year, last week, Jesus, it feels like last week. No, it doesn't really. Um, it was 16 weeks, and 16 week is a very default uh, prep length. And if somebody's a little bit leaner, I might think about getting, uh, trying to get away with a little shorter prep than that. If they're coming off of another show and they just have like a, an eight week gap or so, something like that, will take a couple weeks to reset and then make a push. So it's not really, you know, in prep for that whole time. I've done it a little bit longer, but that's pretty rare. And it's usually a case where we're going, we're going, we're going. Oh shit, we're gonna miss the target. Let's do this other show that's two weeks later. So our our 16 week prep will turn into an eight 18 week prep that that's reasonable that's not too bad and or you could do you know your first show um, and prep for that for 16 weeks and decide to do a second one at uh, another two weeks later so then you, yes you're in an 18 week prep at that point um 25 no and so when i did mine last year it was 16 weeks and for a wide variety of circumstances um you know i i kind of fell apart at about about 14 weeks. And that was when my mother-in-law died. Um, but I was kind of heading down that road of like being on the struggle bus for those last couple weeks anyway. And I, I ended up just limping to the finish line. Um, kind of looked like shit a little bit uh, towards the end compared to how I uh, thought I could come in. But you know, when you screw up the last two weeks, it's really hard to recover from that. So, uh, yeah, no. So I, my, my thinking there was like, man, next time around, I think I'm going to try a 14 week prep and maybe just be a little bit more aggressive with it, but um, just try and get it done in a, a slightly shorter amount of time 
maybe stay a little bit leaner. That didn't necessarily happen here, although I'm still not at my fattest, so I'm doing okay there. So Now, the, the real question about deloading, uh, it's a great question. So deloading is a, uh, it's a powerlifting concept. That's the thing. So um, spoiler alert, when it comes to bodybuilding, a deload doesn't really apply. Um, what a deload is, and I say doesn't really apply, there are ways that you can implement it and be okay. Um, and there are other things that you can do that are probably similar in concept to deload, but I would classify them as a little bit differently. So the idea for um, powerlifting is that method of training taxes the nervous system in such a way that pretty much like every fourth week, it's a really, really good idea to do a programmed deload. And powerlifting is many of these um, programs. I would say the, the majority of powerlifting programs are built around percentages of your one rep max. So you're going to do like you know, a set at 65%, a set at 75%, a set at 85% for, you know, five, four, and three reps or something like that. That that would be, you know, your your lift for a day. And then you might follow that up with some eight to 10 rep work or something like that. But they're all built around percentages. So a deload week is going to be a week where you are lifting at like 50 to 60%. So you're still going through the motions, but you're just doing some like easy stuff just to let the body recover a little bit. You don't necessarily change up your diet on those days at all, just because the whole point of a deload week is to recover. And if you don't feed yourself, then your recovery is impacted. So um, now in bodybuilding terms, yeah, if we were going to do a deload, it would not look the same. Um, but in practice, um, some of the concepts would be similar. You know, I wouldn't change our diet according to that because the point is recovery. Um, and uh, also, we're not going off of percentages on our lifts or anything like that. So um, what I, how I've implemented a deload before, I've done it a couple of different ways. The first one is actually just, and I've talked with Tasha about this, and I've said, you know, I've done this before as well recently, which is, you know, you finish up a four-week rotation of workouts and take three or four days off before you start the next one. You know, let your body recover a little bit. Continue eating, rest up, maybe do a little bit of cardio, but don't lift anything. You know, let your body recover and get happy. Do some yoga, do some stretching, whatever. You're about to beat the hell out of it again for four weeks in a row. So there's there can be a lot of value in that situationally. Not everybody needs that. Um, I didn't need that until I hit 40. And then it took me about a year and a half to realize that I needed it. So now I'm paying the price for that, being overly aggressive, um, lifting too hard, too frequently, not taking enough rest breaks. And now my body feels like it's more like 55 instead of 42. Sucks to be me. Poor Darren. I'll live. Don't worry. Um, so uh, that, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is, you know, forcing progressive overload. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of value in hitting, you know, kind of getting into a, a groove where you're adjusting workouts every four weeks. But if you're overly aggressive right out of the gate, which let's be clear, that's a good thing. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. If you're like not at all conservative with your weights on the first week. And so increasing weights on week two, it's kind of challenging increasing weights on week three. Suddenly you're like, damn, I feel like I'm kind of topped out. You know, a deload might be because again, we're looking at set to set progressive overload. So our final set of an exercise is always going to be the heaviest one. So maybe, um, instead what we do is on week four under a circumstance like this is we just chop off the final set of everything. We don't, we don't go for our max. You know, we don't do that lowest rep set. We don't do the highest weight set, maybe even two sets for some exercises. So you're cu cutting down volume a little bit. You're cutting down um, maximum weight that you lift a little bit. Um, and that's more like a traditional powerlifting deload, um, except, you know, it's still fairly intense. You're still getting some good blood flow. It's just, you're not trying to max out and absolutely cap everything off. So I think that's a, uh, 
a, a, a good way to approach it if you're going to do it. But then the other thing is, do you need to? I don't think everybody needs to. If your recovery is good, you probably don't need a deload. The thing about bodybuilding is, yeah, you get an acute central nervous system load um, when, when you're doing a workout, but it doesn't have, it's, it's not the kind of load where you're impacting your recovery. If you were doing doubles and triples for squats and deadlifts on the same day, going for, you know, 85, 90% of your max, that that's going to hit you differently than doing 25 sets of arms. You know, I mean, it's, it's just a different kind of thing. It's not better or worse, but it places different demands on your body and different demands on your nervous system. And it's going to impact your recovery in a big way as well. So, um, yeah, it's a very situational thing, but, uh, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't usually advocate it for, for bodybuilding, but if somebody, and another way that we can kind of deload, which is just to not, to, to put ourselves in a position where we don't necessarily need a deload is just programming an extra rest day in weekly. Um, that, that's certainly a, an appropriate way to go as well. So, um, <clears throat> okay. So there we go. Now I'm, I'm still, I've still got, uh, some, Oh wait, we, we talked about this. I'm still waiting on a, a, a f- some feedback from Brian regarding the lifting shoes. And I, I know it's still early, but I just want to make a note of that. It was still here in my topics list. Um, <clears throat> so Paul had a, an interesting. Uh, so I, I did post on uh, Instagram a while back, uh, uh, just a, a shout out for topics and questions for the podcast. And Paul had a good one here, which um, was uh, how, how did he word it here? If you could only do one exercise per body part for the rest of your life, what and why? And I'm like, I kind of like that. That's a good question. So um, let, let's take it. Uh, let's go from the bottom up. I'm going to do kind of a rapid fire list here. Calves. It's going to be a plate loaded donkey press calf raise. Um, now, this is one where typically it's uh, kind of like, uh, I don't know, you're, you're kind of back at an angle a little bit. So you're from your, uh, ankles to your hips is kind of like a 45 degree angle from the ground. And then from your hips up, you're upright. Um, so similar in functionality to a leg press calf raise, but, um, at armor gym, they've got this donkey, uh, donkey calf raise. It's plate loaded. That is awesome. And I can just load that thing up. And regardless of how much weight I put on it, it doesn't make it any more difficult to feel the squeeze and the contraction of the calves. It's awesome. I love it for that. Um, for quads, um, one of two, you know, what I'm thinking is for the rest of my life, I'm going to pick extensions just because I don't want to be stuck doing a vertical leg press for the rest of my life. But if I'm really trying to burn out my calves, doing progressive overload on a, on a vertical leg press and then finishing with a rest pause set, nothing gets them on fire quite like that, but it's hell. And I don't necessarily want to be doing that for the rest of my life. Extensions, I can hammer those out. They hurt like fire. Um, they, they, they don't, don't bring that set of dread and misery, um, that a vertical leg press does, um, hamstrings, seated leg curl, easy, no doubt about it. Even a crappy seated leg curl machine is a great hamstring exercise. Um, glutes, I'm going to go for, um, probably a reverse machine squat, like a hammer strength V squat kind of thing, something like that. Basically you're doing uh, almost like a good morning style exercise on a, a plate loaded machine squat. Um, for abs, it's cable rope crunch. No doubt about it. It's really the only ab exercise I can stomach. No pun intended at this point. Um, for chest, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to go with probably a flat plate loaded machine press for that. Um, just because 
I, I can start out light, and at lightweight, I can make you know that lightweight. I can make it feel really heavy. I can get a really good quality of contraction. But then, if my rep targets are relatively low, like in the six to eight range, I can throw some weight on there, and it feels extremely productive much more so than a barbell or a dumbbell. I just feel like I can get under there and focus on pushing and contracting and not so much on stabilizing, which I really like for chest. Um, Going back, I'm going to do two for back just because I think it's fair to have a a horizontal and a vertical pull. Um, For a vertical pull, I'm just going with a plain old wide grip pull down. And by wide grip, you know, just a little outside shoulder width. If you're going much wider than that and you're not six foot four, it's too wide. Um, So, that that that's bread and butter. I mean, it's it's low hanging fruit right there. That's an easy call. I, I love that one. Um, and for a horizontal row, um, you know, up until recently, I might have said a T bar, but right now my hip is acting up, and it's like, man, that's that's tough. I I would rather I think pick a uh, a good a good horizontal plate loaded machine row. Um, you're noticing a, a trend here, probably. A lot of my, my go-to exercises are plate-loaded machine movements. Um, so like a life, life fitness plate-loaded horizontal row um, would be my, my preference. Hammer Strength has a decent one as, as well. Sadly, neither of the gyms I'm a member of have um, that machine, have either one of those. So um, uh, maxed out, the, the new gym I'm going to in Oak Ridge, um, which I'll go there today and I'll probably use this machine today, has a lever edge um, horizontal machine row, which is pretty good. I'm not as happy with the grips on that and the motion isn't quite the same, but it's, it's good nonetheless. It, it, it feels productive, so I would probably go with that for a horizontal row. Um, for shoulders, uh, it, it lateral raises. Um, they, they hurt like fire. They burn like shit, but there's just nothing that gets that cap on the shoulders quite like lateral raises. So um, And nothing fancy about it. No modified thing or anything like that. If I'm just going to do one of these for the rest of my life, it's just a plain old lateral raise with just really, really brutally sharp execution. Um, now, arms. Is that really... We, we at the end of the road here already? Yeah, arms. Okay. Um, for biceps, I'm going with a preacher curl. Um, mostly because I, I feel like I need the most work on that. Like, there, there are times where when I'm dialed in and it feels effective, there's nothing that feels quite as effective of, as that. But there are also times where it's really difficult for me to get into the groove with that exercise. So um, I would pick that one just to really hammer it because when it's peaking, again, no pun intended. Um, it peaks really high as far as execution goes on that. Um, for triceps, I'm going to go with a V-bar press down. Uh, that one's pretty easy for me. You know, I, I can thoroughly fatigue my triceps in three sets of a V-bar press down. I don't need any other movement. That's it. Bread and butter. Boom. Awesome. So uh, that's a fun, uh, a fun conversation topic, though. And so now, Paul, of course, my question is, what about you? You know, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? So, okay, let's do it. I'm going to throw myself out there now. This has the potential to be very embarrassing, um, but I have a, uh, a, few, a few tracks I want to play for you. Now, I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'm going to play some snippets for you so you can get an idea of what we're looking at here. So um, let's see. This is one, and i got to pick um, which little snippet of this. I'm just want to do like 20, 30-second snippets here, something like that. Um, this is one that I wrote. I wrote this on... Thursday. And the only thing I wrote was the piano part. And I I sat down at night. So usually my last stop before I go to bed is I sit down at the piano and I just vomit something out and I pull out my phone and record it. And then I email it to myself and I store that in a little, uh, in a little, uh, idea catalog on my recording computer basically. So, um, this is one where I just had this little piano riff. Didn't, uh, I'm like, yeah, all right, that could be something. And then 
what I did is I sat down, I think this was on Friday, and I fleshed out the rest of the band arrangement um, where I, I structured out the whole song, like verse, chorus, etc. Um, and then I sat down with the drums. And I'm like, yeah, this is, uh, this is probably too fast for me to play. I don't know how to do this. This is crazy. And so I, I used... Uh, uh, I, I took some liberal usage of the punch-in feature on my recording program. So I only had to play, I mean, I, I think I ended up doing about, I did, did the song in about five chunks. But the cool thing is, it's pretty seamless. Like, you can't tell. If you listen to the whole thing, you can't tell where the edits are. Because um, it's it's just very good with crossfading, and my timing was kind of accurate on that. What you'll notice on this is... Um, I am a very amateur drummer. Like, I've got all kinds of ideas in my head. I struggle with the execution. My timing is really off as well. Like, if I pull up the grid on this in the software and I can see each kick drum hit, I'm like, yeah, I'd say about 30% of those are way off. Like, they just aren't on time. So that is why when it comes time to actually record this, I'm going to have a real drummer, a real bass player, bring in a real guitarist. This doesn't have any guitar on it. Um, but we're going to do it that way. So anyway, um, without further ado, um, I, I will spare you the working titles I, I have, but uh, this is, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it right now, Song One. Let's see what it has in store for us here. So there we go. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I forgot to mention about that is my bass is a little out of tune. It's not out of tune, actually. It's just the intonation on it is off. And uh, I don't know if I need to play around with a truss rod on that or something, but I might just take it into a shop and have them work on it because I can get all the open strings totally in tune. And then I hit anything on the uh, like the fifth fret, especially on the G string, <clears throat> and it's way off. Like, uh, it's like, you know. Uh, my, my tuning software says it's about 15 cents off a pitch. And like, you can hear it. I'm like, oh my God, that's a problem. So I don't know what to do about that. Anyway, that was the first tune. Um, fairly laid back. Uh, actually, it's, it's pretty fast. Um, you didn't hear a lot of the uh, chorus section in there where um, the, the rest of it's kind of in half time. Um, the chorus is where it's in regular time. So a little, uh, little, little uh, interesting though. So um, let's go on. Let's hear number two here. See what we got. So that's kind of funny. Uh, the, the the guitar work there is really kind of sad and laughable. It's hilarious. But again, I don't really know how to play all that much. I'm like, yeah, I just need an idea here. I'm a, I'm 
total shit when it comes to writing parts for guitar. It's just like, I don't know. I don't see the fretboard in such a way that it really opens up to me. So that, that riff that was playing during that lead-in is like, yeah, we got to do something better there. Um, the strings were kind of a fun addition, though. They really make that. And uh, ideally, when it comes time to record this stuff, I'm actually going to have a violin player on hand to do that as well. So um, last one here. Um, we're going to... Uh, this one, I think, is probably the most complete, um, but we'll hear a little snippet of that and see what it... Uh, has in store for us here. So um, a little more uh, capable guitar work there just because I left myself with just power chords. So I can handle that a little bit better. <laughs> so I'm, I'm listening to this right now. And the volume I know is a little bit low on these. Um, my uh, With my recording computer, all I have is headphones on that. So I don't have monitors to be able to listen to things. So um, the levels are always a little bit low um, just because I have my headphones turned up really loud. So anyway, uh, very, very rough demos. And what I'm hearing now at the lower level is like, man, that piano is way too loud on pretty much all of those. That's got to come down a little bit. So anyway, I, I don't claim to be a mixing engineer. All I am is a songwriter and the performer. So uh, it needs some work, I know. But nonetheless, I'm excited about this stuff. So I kind of wanted to share it in its early form so that y'all can hear the kind of stuff when I say I'm working on this stuff, like what it sounds like. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy with it. So Anyway, it all needs a lot of work still, um, but I'm up to about, after the weekend here, about 10 songs that are pretty much good to go um, and in need of some words and some singing on top of it, and that's the wife's domain, so uh, I'll let her, uh, she'll, now that, with, with her getting this thing out of the way today, this little presentation that she has, I think she'll be up to the task, but she's ready to go on some stuff, she's like, I have all kinds of ideas, I just haven't had time, so now, it, now it'll happen, so, uh, and that'll be fun, because a lot of these songs are going to have to get restructured a little bit, a lot of them are way too long, as they stand right now as well, so, anyway, I appreciate you all so much for indulging me there, so thank you. Now, with that being said, I'm done. I'm peacing out for right now. Once again, that call in number 865-518-2974. Um, give me a buzz. Let me know what you're up to. Uh, let me know what's on your mind. Uh, keep your eyes on Instagram. I will be asking about how to identify a gym asshole. Traits and characteristics of a gym asshole. Let me know. So I hope everybody has a great week. I'll check back with you again on Friday.